Welcome to the unexpected first episode of Fireside Chat presented by Liars and Thieves. This is going to be a different style of podcast dedicated to just bullshitting even harder without censorship or focus. ADHD is our fuel and chaos is our end goal. My name is Dave and I'm so... (laughs) This is going to be chaos, I already know it! We've got Ellis back on the podcast, love to have you, and we also have a special guest... Someone that has been absolutely stupidly supportive uh, since, th- I would say, at least the beginning of season one of this ep- uh, of the podcast this year. We got Sir Maxwell. Hello. <laughs> it is, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. <laughs> the worst way I could have hopped on the beat, but I did it. <laughs> it's it's, it's fine. You know what? It is, it's good it is the best and only way you could have possibly hopped on this beat. So that is how very, you know very today's going to be a good episode. I, I just appreciate yeah. the, the, the the awkward thumbs up, just going like, "Hi, <laughs> I'm here for it." We are it's, here for every little bit. It's been a bit of a chaotic couple of weeks. If if you guys were listening to the last episode, we were kind of just. Honestly, a little bit behind the scenes, just barely holding on. We're still working on it for this for the next episode. Like work schedule. Oh, we're still holding crazy. on by threads now. It's it's we're the brain. <laughs> one of our three brain cells has died, and now we have a guest. So there's no telling where this is gonna go. We have a total I'm, of two. I'll bring all two of mine. They'll Woo-hoo! bring out the crash cart. And they'll get the, they'll just go clear and try and bring clear! yours back. I'll leave you with it. one when I leave because I only need the one. I appreciate that so much. But for those of you that don't know who Sir Maxwell is, I feel as though a proper introduction. Mind telling us a little bit more for the listeners at home. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who the fuck is this? <laughs> Who are this guy? <laughs> no, uh, so basically, I'm I'm just a creative. I do, I create all sorts of stuff from uh, drawing to stupid videos that I made with my friends years ago to gaming stuff. I I do all sorts of stuff, and whatever interests me in any given year, I will try and learn about that thing and give it a shot. And uh, right now I'm in school learning about graphic design, which is really great because as I'm learning things in the field, I'm able to actively put them into like put them into effect with the projects that I do anyways. Um, It's not necessarily because I saw myself going into a, a career in graphic design right out of college. It was literally just because in middle school I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So I'm learning how to do that. So whatever new idea gets tossed my way through school whatever is valuable to me i hold on to that leave the stuff i'm not interested in behind and try and incorporate that new thing into the interests that i have basically that is that's a a good way to see it that that is actually super cool i'm kind of like what what's what's what kind of skills besides graphic design and you'll learning how to design things because i don't i obviously know what graphic design is uh what Mm -hmm. what else have you learned in that process of just going this would be cool. <laughs> I learned that there are so many artists that don't get talked about in a lot of art history courses that I found to be far more fascinating than maybe the the ones that are hit upon most often. Sure. In the the courses that I've taken, I've taken several art history courses, and I tell you what, the last one that I did, 
I was crossing my fingers. It was chapter one. It was history of graphic design. So I assumed we were going to be starting with like the first digital equipment for drawing. Nope. I opened up page one and it was like the cave paintings in Lascaux, France. And I was like, dang it. I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, if I have to learn about the cave paintings in Lascaux, France, one more time, I'm going to yeet my computer out my window. I'm that so is... sick of it. We get it. They're cave paintings. Great. Why do we always have to start there? Because it just it set the tone. Oh, oh, it set the tone for like, oh, we're just going to be hitting the same exact like artistic milestones over and over and over again. And, you know, sometimes I'd open up a chapter. It was like turning over a rock and you find something good. And it was like one artist I'd never heard of before. And I'm like, this, this, I need more of this. Alphonse Mucha was the artist that I took from my last art history course, uh, history of graphic design, that is. Alphonse Mucha, early 1900s graphic designer who did a lot of adverts for like cigar companies. And so the, the logos themselves would be tiny, but they were absolutely breathtaking. They were gorgeous. And like the line thickness that he would choose to do his designs with is more like modern. So if you pull mm -hmm. up like a picture of an Alphonse Mucha artwork, it looks like something that somebody did last week. Like it looks like somebody took a digital art pad and was trying to make something vintage. It's so good. It's so good. That's, that's kind of impressive. Like he so far ahead of his time that even nowadays we're, we're still using similar techniques to, to describe what he would have essentially his techniques back then are what we would have used to describe back then. He he was already like the oh my gosh the, he was oh what's the best way to say it? I don't I don't want to say the, the foundation but he was definitely a a a fuck. he was <laughs> he was essentially like one of the godfathers of Art Nouveau. So sure. like okay like a lot of twisting plant forms and the way that he drew hair and like he used live models and sketched them, but then added that sort of graphic line work to the outside edge of them. And it just made them pop. And like, yeah. like I said, a lot of the times the artworks were like put on something tiny, but they're freaking gorgeous. They're so intricate and they were so cool. And his work is just really just top notch. Awesome. No, I see what you mean by his artwork being that, like, it, it does look very, very modern, like you would see on something today, trying to replicate that kind of a style. Um, and it, it's interesting that that was 1900s, is yeah. what I'm seeing. Early 1900s, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And we've just kind of adopted that same kind of style because it really does kind of capture your eye, though, having that black outline or some kind of outline just to kind of show not depth, but um, what is it? Uh, like a sharper kind of someone help me here. OK, <laughs> like like a more drastic delineation between the background and the foreground. Right. It really brings like the flesh tones really pop forward when you use those thick, dark lines, because mm -hmm. if you have a really intricate background, you need some separation between like if you did a bunch of thin outline edges on like the clothes or the skin or the hair, it would blend into the background if it's super complex. But if you add that border around it, it sort of helps pop it forward a little bit and separate it from the background. Yeah. So I had a question. Well, in your time, because you, you've obviously kind of been doing art for 
how many years? I mean, I start so I <laughs> I started drawing as as young as I can possibly remember. I would draw on pretty much anything. I would sketch and doodle. Mm. A cousin of mine, we created our own made up planet on February twenty seventh, two thousand and eight, yeah. and I have drawn <laughs> over two thousand five hundred characters for that world, probably give or take. God. Oh, since so that you're point. just creating your own universe. I basically did. Whoops, all universe. <laughs> Whoops, all characters. I character creation is my jam. That's that's my thing. I freaking love character creation. And like learning about design just sort of feeds into that passion, right? Because now <clears throat> instead of just coming up with, oh, this would be a cool idea for a character, I'm actually able to employ design techniques to make the characters really stand out and look unique. Mm -hmm. Because now I can look at character design sheets and be like, Maybe a cool character, they might have a great backstory, but the design is not good. Like, there's nothing about the design that's fascinating to me. But then if you add character creation and combine that with the design aspect of it, that's what I'm trying to get better at. I'm, I suck at doing, like, cool clothing designs. I'm bad at clothes, and I'm bad at poses. <laughs> but you know what? That's what Pinterest is for. Hey that's what I've learned. That's what Pinterest is for. Poses are not copyrighted. You cannot copyright poses. Fair so enough. you I go heard crazy with poses online. So, yeah. Uh, ha has there ever been a point in your art history, I guess, of studying, let's say, that you learned something that blew your mind and not immediately, but you went, hey, I learned that. And this is like in the future. And you went, I learned that. And it's now coming back full circle that I'm actually getting to use this information. Was there anything that really stood out to you in that time? Because I remember when I, I took five years of art class. Dear God, no, I cannot draw a straight line to save my life. <laughs> um, but in my, in my time, there was something I learned using charcoal. And at first I was like, man, this is stupid. Who would ever use charcoal to draw? This is dumb. You've got pencils and you've got, you know, pins and you can get, but there, there's a depth of reality that you can get with charcoal that you can't really get with pencil or ink or what a paint, whatever else you're using. And I remember when I first saw my, I think it's like going back 2019, right before I started streaming, I started looking up some art designs and stuff and I found some charcoal designs and I've been hooked on just the level of detail that people get into with charcoal and how realistic it comes into life with the shading and the way that everything, mm. obviously it's slightly different, but it was just amazing to me that as a kid, I just was like, man, this is the dumbest thing you could ever do is use a piece of charcoal to draw. But as I got older, it was like, no, there's a skill to it that and a level of detail that you can't get with other forms of art. And obviously, you've been working with digital art um, more lately. So has there been like a technique or anything that has really stood out to you now that you've maybe glossed, you know, just glanced over at during your time of studies? That's a great question. I think one of the big takeaways for me was shedding the myth of an artist sitting down to create something tremendous in one sitting, fully completed, without doing any prep. Like, I, I needed to be shed of that idea. That I don't know where that came from. I think it's mm -hmm. just because I consume a lot of 
media online where like artists, you know, you'll, you'll watch like a, a, a sped up video, like a high speed video of somebody creating something. And then afterwards yeah. you're like, for me, I would get like devastated. I'm just like, they're so good. They're so good. And because before the cameras turned on, you're not seeing the hours of pre-planning that goes into mm -hmm. that final work. You're not seeing the dozens of thumbnail sketches they did before. You're not seeing all the years it took them to find the right paper, pencils, pens, like learning about anatomy. You're not getting all that. You're getting the end result. And yep. I, so I think that was big, was just the idea that you don't have to plan, that you can roll out of bed and just create masterpieces without putting any thought into it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then second actually has to do with charcoal, actually which is really? the whole concept. So something like you were talking about with the different tones that you can get with charcoal is yeah. you There's create a, a mid tone, right? Yeah. What you do is yep. you take, you take the charcoal and you rub it all across the piece of paper, yep. you smooth that son of a gun out and you create a mid tone. So if you erase, it gets lighter. If you use yep. a softer charcoal, it gets darker. So you're, you're creating, you're making it a whole lot easier for you because by yeah. creating mid tone over everything, all you have to worry about is focusing on the lightest and darkest points. Everything else is pretty much done for you. And that was like a really cool yeah. technique that I learned that I was like, dang, this is really useful. And what you said about the, uh, the, you know, the hours and whatnot that go into content creation, I have definitely hit a creator block on top of like my busy schedule and stuff of that. You see, I like, obviously your, your socials are filled with, uh, art and content creation of drawings and digital art and what whatnot. Mine's filled with photographers going to these phenomenal places, you know, national parks, you know, landmarks, and getting these crazy good photos. And it's like, oh, and you know, here's the time that we spent prepping for the trip. Here's the time we spent prepping once we got there to make sure we had all our gear. Here's the time that we took to set it up. And it, it leads to these, you know, then they go montage and it's just beautiful picture, beautiful picture, beautiful picture. And it really gets me down because it's like, oh, man, they've spent so much time doing mm. this. But like you said, sometimes it's literally just going out, not even thinking, just improving, as one might say, and just taking what you have and creating the best of what you can get, which at the time might be something of worth just because of the time that you went out the subject of what you're shooting um and it's like sometimes it just takes getting out of your comfort zone trying something that doesn't necessarily flow with how you work and it, sometimes it can open up new doors and new pathways and you know sometimes you take that journey down that pathway and mm. it, it's really interesting to see how it affects your content and also how it can improve your techniques as well I actually I have a question for both of you, which I will watch your opinion on this. And I don't know there <laughs> within the last couple of years, there are words that as soon as I hear them, I think to myself, that word needs to be retired. Like it, it needs to be it, like a like a, a jersey needs to just be lifted into the rafters and never <laughs> seen from again. Right. There are some words that like as soon as I hear it every fiber of my being like bristles and i'm like ooh ooh ugly word can we please get rid of that word cuz it's never used in a positive manner ever it's never neutral it's always negative right and so i i had this thought within the last couple months 
which is because obviously since I create stuff and I, I consume media where people are creating stuff, I, I don't know. The word content itself for me is starting to become like a little gray piece of paper. Like the word content to me is starting to mean nothing. Everything. Right. Nothing if it means time. everything, it means nothing. It's like, it's like, I, I was curious what you guys think about the actual word content. It is so all it, it, it you basically said it. it's, it's all encompassing. And yet it literally means nothing. Like it, 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 everything you do, if there is something it's, you're not even, not, not even talking about internet influencers or people that are, you know, on, YouTube or Instagram or whatever. If you make a thing, it is content in a way. It's just like everything ever has that has ever been made. Even if you're a grandma on Facebook tweeting about her tweeting on Facebook. <laughs> that would be impressive. That would be freaking if your grandma is tweeting on Facebook. You need to give that woman a raise because she has broke the internet. Somehow she managed to tweet on Facebook, but whatever she said, like whatever that is, with a picture or whatever, that is content. Content. And I, at first, I was I was kind of confused because I was like, I I don't know. I was like, the only like, but without any context, I was like, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's there's certain words that I've heard in you know in gaming that I'm just like, eh, that's not. I mean, you don't really need to say that kind of thing. I get it. But when when you explain that, you know, content has become essentially this nothing word. There is a I I I remember that there is something that I'm just like I really wish we would just stop using it, because people try to hold it in a positive light, but it ends up realistically uh, be, becoming something negative. The 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 term of the the grind. I was just going to say that. I think that for me is like the big the big negative aspect for me because it does feel like a sort of corporate grind set mindset word that we we use like to sort of almost couch our passions and and make it seem like they're more justified just because historically creatives or artistics are are like people look down on them and maybe like saying that you're an artist, people are more likely to have a negative idea of like, oh, this is some bum who doesn't have a job was what you just said. Yeah, but that's exactly that's what exactly what I was thinking when you said content. The first thing that comes to mind is teenagers making content, right? Anything that I remember this was like getting to the end of my high school, which was like 2018, 2019. And I remember anytime I was with a group of people that I was with and something happened, they'd be like, record it, record it. That's content. Mm. And it's like content for what though? Like obviously anything essentially could be content with what we just said. It's nothing and everything all at once. But at this point, when anything happens in life, because of the way technology has advanced and how quickly we can record things, essentially anything could be content in that mm -hmm. form of fashion of a video. Um, and like you said, I think it really has become almost a nothing term because if you think about the boomers 
or even the millennials and you think oh look there goes another content creator i think that's almost negative in a way because all they think is like oh well they're not going out and getting a job and i think we need a new word for that area because it is almost turning into full-time jobs for people. You know, yeah. people are making it full-time on Twitch. People are making it full-time on TikTok, Instagram, whatever social media it is where they can pull in revenue from ads and whatnot. And I think there needs to be a separation of of that word because, like you said, it just – you can't define it. it it's it It's is, like a really weird word that, like, is where art – and consumerism meet and it's it, again it's it's sort of got an ugly mouth feel to me now because it's it's almost like you're boiling an artist down into a robot right where it's like push product down the line like you're in a ford factory in the <laughs> in the olden days it's just like that's what people that's the way people perceive artists now is you're just you're con- you, you make content what does that even mean i i'm it's like making a little brick and pushing it down the line and it's in like a- I think that's sad because it, I feel like that plays into artists because as a artist yourself, I'm sure you pick up a drawing and there's a point in which maybe you don't have enough time to finish it or you don't have the motivation or the creative ideas that you want for that character or scene or whatnot for whatever you're doing. And you can't really take the time off to think, okay, what's my next move on this? How am I properly going to get this done in a way that I see fit? Because you're taking that time instead to record it, to edit it, and post it, which is not bad. You're still using it, but you're not using the total brain power and area because you're thinking, okay, how can I turn this piece of art into six posts? Right. How you can know? I turn it right? How can I turn it into content? Exactly. And I and it's like there needs to be a a way for people to actually have their own style because mm-hmm. as I think all of us have noticed, there are trends that go on in social media, in content creation world that goes on. And you have to meet that certain criteria. Cause I remember it was like going back to like the ASMRs when those were first introduced. People loved the restoration videos because it was just quiet video and all you mm. could hear was the cleaning or whatnot of the you know, sounds. Right. And it's it comes back to it. Like everything kind of evolved into this content. And <clears throat> that's not bad because it granted a lot of people an opportunity for jobs. But I'm even seeing now in these big corporations that there's such a demand for content now mm. that the level of that content has gone down drastically. And that's not to say artists and designers and musicians, what not you be, there's a level that I feel like we've fallen off of because of this. It has to be content. It needs to come out. It has to come out at this point in time. Right. And you don't have the full amount and i feel like the people that need that full time to create something that is spectacular because not everyone can think of something directly on the spot and be able to make a five star thing that can blow up and make you money sometimes those people need months to go okay i need to be able to design this i need to get the materials i need to start it and then it's going to take me 
X amount of time to finish, but I have to cut X amount of time down because I have to get started on another piece of work for another week for content or mm-hmm. something like do that. You, do you think that's something that helped push AI art and AI, you know, the chat GPT and all those AI generators? Do you think that's something that helped to push them forward to make people want to use them more because it's fast factory floor, just make the thing, get it sent out, create the six posts for, for, for the internet and be done with it and get on to the next project. I mean, I think, I don't think, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'll I'll say this, I'll I'll say this, I'll say this, right? If you create a platform where maintaining the attention of an algorithm is paramount to what the actual art is, then you've created a broken system. Because now what you're doing is what you're communicating to the to the creator is it does not matter what you are making so long as that you are doing it regularly and you're feeding the algorithm and that people are watching you. Doesn't matter what you make. Like ultimately when it comes down to it, platforms don't care what you make. Nope. As long as nope. you're bringing audience as long as you're bringing an audience, as long as, as, long you have as you're following the it. guidelines and you have the audience, as long right. as you are following those guidelines and you're putting out content on a daily basis, almost hourly basis, which personally I think is insane how many times people post a day, every day, 65 days of the year. It, it It's astounding because like as I think a lot of our viewer listeners, <laughs> viewers, listeners have uh, noticed socials have kind of dropped lately from busy schedules and it is insane how some people are working full-time jobs and doing full-time content creation as we're saying and putting out these posts three times a day every day of the year and it's astounding that they're able to do so obviously dave and i have learned that you can schedule posts because we're not the brightest (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we learned that we can schedule stuff so like i want to know like specifically how far in advance are these people going to schedule out their posts and have them done so that they can start working on other content for Mm. that channel i mean that tools i definitely i definitely think that invites that sort of pre-planning. But just to clarify, before we move on from the topic, I don't want to demonize the whole concept of content. Uh, especially, And I, I don't want no, to make people self- right. It's too late for that. <laughs> I'm just, too okay, late. I'll put the, I don't want people to be self-conscious if they use the word, right? I'm not saying it's an evil word. I will say, objectively, it's reductive. It's not giving enough credit to what you're creating. It's like saying, if I was going to go meet with a friend named Joe at a coffee shop, I could just the same say, I am going to store to visit person. Are both of yes. those things true? Yes. But if it's a close friend and it's someone I have a relationship with, it's highly, it's highly reductive. Cause it's like, I'm going to go meet with Joe at this specific coffee shop because he wants to talk with me about X, Y, Z. Like, can you still use that word? Yes. But I think it's just hitting the core concept, but it's missing the broader aspects, the more colorful aspects that set it apart from other things. Yeah, because when I think of you, because I think when, and and Dave too, just anyone that has come onto this podcast, when I think of them, 
the easiest way that I can categorize categorize you guys is to say you guys are content creators. Mm-hmm. But the issue with that, like you just said, is that it is such widely spread that I could say, hey, Max, you're a content creator. And people go, oh, sweet. That's awesome. But then it's like, okay, what's their next question going to be? What kind of content are you putting out? Mm-hmm. And I think there needs to be more of a definitive way that we can put people into categories without doing. And I think just in general with the way people are going on with, you know, the whole, I don't want to touch this, the whole gender thing, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be set in that one area because you're putting them in a place and I think with right now, it's just easiest for people to understand, okay, they're a content mm-hmm. creator. I don't right. know if that makes sense, I, but you don't want to categorize them for them because mm-hmm. you would almost feel like that's insulting in a right. way. Um, and, and it's hard because like you hear all of these photographers as content creators, or I prefer viewing and listing photographers and videographers that, and, and that matter as artist there is an art to it and that's the same thing for you i would not consider you a content creator you are an artist because you do digital design you do um obviously freehand and you also obviously probably have taken some stuff in other areas but generally your content falls under art and like dave's would also be considered an art form if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. Dave, because voice acting is an art. It's an yep. absolutely it's an art. <laughs> it's a beautiful acting. art, honestly. <laughs> acting. And, and and that's another thing. You don't call an actor a content creator. Right. Right. Because like you just because don't. I don't think people the stuff that people are making, I don't think is being elevated to the level that it should be. So think about like back in Van Gogh's time, right? The level of notoriety that he reached in his life. Oh, what a content creator, man, that guy. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so this is this is the direction I'm going, right? Like a 12-year-old who does toy unboxing videos eclipsed his fame in a year than Van Gogh did in his entire life. We call Van Gogh an artist. We call this person a content creator, right? It's like it, – I think that, again, that corporate sort of speak, I would define – I would say that you and Dave, I would consider you to be creatives. I think that is parallel with artists. However, in modern context, when people think artists, they usually think of one thing. They think yeah. smock, paint spatter. It's <laughs> they. I think people generally think of it in that broader category. But I would consider you guys creatives because, again, it's not super nailed down. And it could potentially go into a million different things. I started making music years ago. I don't have a musical bone in my body. I just mess around with an app on my phone and make songs because I was like, I want to try this. So I'm going to try it, right? Would I also say that's an art? Yes. But as far as like how I would communicate that with people without being super, um, being super nailed down to like one thing, what am I doing? I would consider myself, I'm a creative. If there's something that inspires me, that's what I'm going to pursue. I think that's a great word for I think that's what you guys, that's, so in the podcast episode where you guys were talking about establishing communities, right? Mm-hmm. The first, I think that was the first episode 
was that the first episode I listened to? It might've been, but the whole topic around finding other people, right? To me, that's all about finding those other creatives. And we talked a little bit about this on a, a call we had like a month ago, where like when you get together with other creatives, you're able to bridge gaps for that other person that they can't reach, right? There's everybody yeah. misses something, right? So like as an example, Dave told me about freaking anchor.fm, which is a way to freely post my podcast to a bunch of different platforms that I didn't know about. I thought I had to go through a distributor. And I'm like, I don't have the money for that. And Dave's like, so when's that new episode? During, out there, was, he just threw it out there during his Metroid stream. And he's like, you know, you can do that for free, right? I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you can, FM. You just, you can go do it for free. And he was just like, I'm going to blow your mind. You can do it for free. I was like, why? Why? See, this is exactly what I'm talking about, though, right? That you don't get when you are in isolation as an artist, as a creative. And that's why, like you guys were talking about on that podcast, being surrounded by other creatives is so important because they're able to help each other out. They're able to uh, give positive, you know, critique on someone's work. They're able to say, you know, this thing you did like on your last video was really good. I'd love to see more of that or maybe shy away from this because this trend is sort of dying, that sort of thing. That's why I think I started this podcast. I know I've touched on this before in past past podcasts but that's the real reason i want i knew i wanted to start a podcast i knew i wanted to but i at the time did not know who i wanted to do it with dave was in my top three people that i would have liked to do this podcast with and i am so lucky that he was on board for it just because i i remember when we were first talking i am not someone who comes up with ideas i am not the idea man I add on to the ideas mm -hmm. because I am not confident enough in myself to start a conversation to be, then be able to go into detail. But I have a general amount of knowledge about most things to where I can add on to that where some people may not be able to. And Dave brought me out of my comfort zone and mm -hmm. has got me to do a solo episode. That was terrifying for me. <laughs> Ask Dave how bad that first recording went. It was bad because I was trying to play off myself without writing down something to then play off of. I was trying mm -hmm. to play off something in my head that was playing off of another thing. So it never went together and had any structure. Um, and Dave was the one who was like, hey, just write it out. Once you write it out, I'll help you fill in where you're missing the starting points so that it stays on topic throughout the entirety. Right. And, and I think I, that's why. Go ahead. I was going to say that the whole concept of like an idea guy, that really resonates with me because I, I distinctly remember. And I'm wondering if Dave will have experienced something like this in the past. If he's more of an idea guy, I went online and I don't remember what I was searching it was something about like, I have an idea for a show. Like, how do I get something made? And I stumbled across, I think it was a Reddit thread, which was all about the quote unquote idea guy and the problem with quote unquote the idea guy. And it like shot a giant hole through my chest because it was basically all the internet being like, listen, the idea guy, we all love him, but God bless him if he doesn't have any skills to bring to the table. And all he does is come up with the idea and says, someone should make this, someone should do this, but doesn't actually contribute to it getting started. 
isn't willing to either put in the effort or learn the required skills necessary to do it and just sort of stumbles off to the side kicking rocks saying oh darn if only somebody would do this for me essentially like somebody <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling you out i was just curious i wanted to ask dave if he's ever had i guess sort of that rough realization of like that was more me when i was younger where i was either limited by my technology my money like there was just something that i really wanted to do i think i told you guys about it like i wanted to start a minecraft series at the time, I had a cruddy red laptop, and I <laughs> had a Markiplier got started. Drunk I had Minecraft. a program. <laughs> I had a program called EasyVid, which had a giant watermark in the corner, and my Minecraft was running at like 0.1 FPS, and it was awful. It was horrible, and I remember like younger me being embarrassed. Like there were so many things that I made that I was when I was younger that I posted knowing that I'm not embarrassed of this because it's the best I can do, whatever. Sure. With that Minecraft video, I deli I was like, this is this is embarrassing. Just like the game's moving so slow, the EasyVid logo's there, you can hear the fan from the laptop going, my, like, my microphone's horrible. It was like, it was soul-crushing to be a creative and to be so limited in what I could do. I was like a wizard trapped in his tower. I, I was like... I want to create stuff. I want to make stuff, but I'm I'm so limited. And so I wanted to ask Dave if he had any experiences like that growing up. Firstly, I I I have a video to share with you and it it <laughs> it will require me to be a little vulnerable because I remember recording an a, a, a test for a Minecraft. So I had been building out a Minecraft kind of like a, a, a tournament kind of thing on on a, mm -hmm. on a flat world people had been building houses on the flat world and we were going to do this whole thing where people were going to be able to play these games that i had been building up um and i remember i was like i wonder if if we could like record these and make and make them into youtube videos but because of the setup at the time it's the most like very similar to yours is like the the game's running slow as hell uh, I, I'm I'm talking really quietly. You can hear people in the background. I think we were just about to go have dinner. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> it was such a terrible, terrible like the the way that life had given me my opportunities at the time. I was not able to do really anything with 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 that. And eventually, I was able to get into a place. I mean, years and years and years down the line, like I am finally able to have my own setup in my room. So that allows me to be loud and be creative, be ridiculous as, as I so desire to be. Um, I, I've definitely, I, the, the, the idea of like, Oh, you're, you're the idea, man. You don't really have the ability to do things. Uh, like you're, you're the amount of skills that you have is lacking. I definitely get that. And I know that, I didn't fully see it like that at the time. It was more, I understand the skills that a lot of my friends have. A lot of these creatives, they are, they're so good. They have this kind of personality. They have this mm -hmm. way about them. They have an audience for things to, if they were to create a certain uh, style of, of, of content, um, then they would, I, I felt as though they would be able to flourish and they'd be able to continue to, grow and be able to bring in more people and every now and then I, I i bet if i were to search for an hour i could find a couple of tweets where i go you know i could totally see this person doing this kind of thing 
and like you know, one or two of those. And I remember one day I I messaged uh, I like some guy made a tweet and I replied to it saying you know that, like just a really weird thing and it was essentially pitching him an idea for a review series mm. uh and based off of like with, with a name that was catchy and kind of surprising uh something that was, you know it was unique based off his username and he was like dude we need to do this and another person replied going like yeah this would be great All the three of us could get together and then another person was was mentioning and you know what happened to that idea jack shit Mm-hmm. nothing yeah. at all happened and while it's great to be the ideas guy and to know what goes next and i get that you know maybe i don't always have something to add to the table but when everyone goes like that's a great idea looks at you to do all the work yeah yeah i go i'm out and yeah. i go start working on i i start having my own ideas i start like if i knew what I what I needed to create in order to best uh, work with like my personality, the way I do things, the my skills and everything, like if I knew, I would be doing those. But every now and then, I just come up with ideas for other people. So mm-hmm. when I'm coming up with when, when eventually, like I I tried to do a podcast before. I like it. It wasn't my first attempt. I, I knew that it was a, something that I wanted to do. It was something I, I wanted to talk to people about their passions, and I wanted to be able to speak on a mic and to just start building that own confidence myself on how to be able to not necessarily debate, but to be able to talk from my perspective and be able to defend it. Because mm-hmm. for the longest time, I didn't know how to do that. And finally, you know. Uh, one random day I happened to get into a voice call with a certain Ellis and he was like, Hey, you want to start a podcast? I was like, that sounds interesting. And it, it slowly began to move from there. And while, while I did tend to provide, I think some it's because topics, we both <laughs> just a well, few. I think it, it came down to, I think both of us at that point, I'm kind of at the early stage of where you said you were Max, where it's like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. But for me, I've always been, and I'm still struggling with this today. And honestly, Dave is the glue of this this podcast. He is the super glue that holds everything together. Um, and I'm I've I've always just been very very self aware of my positioning. Um, and of what I do know, how, what and how to do things. But when it came to talking with Dave about this podcast, I remember that one of the first things that I said is there needs to be structure to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. But no, I think that was right. one of the first things that we discussed was I need to make sure there's a schedule on when we are meeting, when we are recording, when we are looking up topics, going up notes, trying to figure out what's what's in the future for the podcast. And it ever since then, it was like Dave was like, I remember like, oh, we got to get socials up. Literally, the next time we talked, Dave was like, oh, yeah, I got every social. And I was just like, you got every social. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got YouTube. I got Twitch. I got Instagram. I got Twitter. I got I mean, it was literally every social that you could think of Dave had under the Liars and Thieves podcast. There wasn't a, hey, Ellis, I'm going to do this. It was, oh, yeah, I did this. And it Mm. was just like, 
I have two well, emails. Is... <laughs> he does. Two, two, <clears throat> two liars and thieves emails. And it was one of those things that I was just like, I, I genuinely, I mean, I, I've offered to pay Dave multiple times. Multiple, I've told multiple you to go times. fuck yourself because this is a, Every this time. Is a team effort. We are both working on this together. And, you know, in the future, as we're continuing to work on the podcast and we're continuing to grow the, the brand that is Liars and Thieves, I'm sure there will be opportunities, whether that's through advertisers or, you know, views on YouTube where you, where you get paid out that way or whatever platform, there will be a payment, there will be a payout. And at that point, that payout better be 80, 20, because if it ain't 80, 20, 20 going towards me, <laughs> I will not, we're ending the podcast, Dave, 80, 20 split. You get the 80. <laughs> it, um, no, we we, we no, would talk I, about it at that point, but it's, it, I never saw it as something that like you're, you're, you're paying me to do something that I love to do. Mm. This is a group effort. We're both passionate about it. Maybe we don't always have the time to dedicate it to it at all times of the day. I'm just lucky enough that I have a little bit more of a flexible schedule and that I have mm. the, the, the time and effort, you know, at one or two in the morning to dedicate to, to finding these platforms that, oh, we need to make sure we get our, our URL. We need to make sure that we are ready to to promote. We need to make sure that we're working on videos, making sure things are getting edited. You know, we need to be thinking about potential merch up in the future if things are working well. Guess and schedule like I, I made a calendar <laughs> just so that we would Which have Which has helped I, both of us. <laughs> it really well most days, except for, you know, sometimes I forget. Hey, it's fine. It it's fine. We're, we're I, only I human. I appreciate the phone call. I really did. Trust me. <laughs> but working together, like that, that's that's a big thing. It was, it was, it was, this is a partner project. That's, you know, and, may, I might be the ideas man, but you are, you know, you are the, the guy that helps to bring a little bit of life to it with, um, mm. <laughs> All I'm that just... kind of leads me into my next question is because you guys have gotten to a point where you have your and this might be an age thing because you guys are both what three plus old, years older than I am ish give or take how old are you Max? Um, and... 24 hey nice same yeah I'll be turning 23 this year guys don't worry <laughs> he's catching up um, uh, slowly but surely uh, I'm like the snail theory on the snail <laughs> <laughs> um, but that leads me to the next question and Dave I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say as well but at that point where you guys were just the idea man just the guy who were at on and maybe this is just a comfort thing for me to get out of my comfort zone and really go after my stuff but that's even like I'm also lazy and I've learned that and I, it's something that I am working on and for me, it's like, oh, I'd love to go learn how to edit, how to do all this audio and stuff. Um, and for me, I've just I've been working on trying not to make excuses for excuses for things and being able to put us set aside a certain amount of time to be able to work on things, to be able to actually make good content and be able to take in information that would be useful for me into the future. So, is there anything that you'd say to the listeners and to me that kind of was turning point or a point when you realized that, Hey, I 
I don't just have to be the idea man. I can be the guy who knows how to do these. What was like a big turning point for both of you guys? It's mm, a really good question. Um, I think a big epiphany for me was just the simple idea of nothing is wasted. So like I said before, when I was younger, I would get so frustrated that I want to do X, Y, or Z. I want to I want a show on Cartoon Network. I want a video game. I want a series on YouTube. And then I would immediately run into the brick wall of reality of, you don't have the time, skills, money, connections. You don't got any of it. But at the same time, don't throw those ideas in the trash. So as an example, right now, what I'm doing in my own artistic endeavors with drawing is I have, for the last couple of years, I have been taking my old action figures from my plastic tub I have in my, in my, in my uh, closet, and I have been drawing them as characters in my style. You know, altering the designs a little bit. Obviously, I'm not yeah. just going to draw Darth Vader and be like, oh, this is my original character. But I say that because when I was a kid, when I would play with these action figures, they were never just whichever characters they were supposed to represent. I would always change. No, yeah, you change who they up. were. Yeah. All right. I'd make original characters. Mr. Freeze wasn't Mr. Freeze. He was just a, a blue looking scientist guy. Like I changed everything. Right. And so now what I'm trying to do is reach back and take those characters and transcend them in the sort of art that I'm making now, like br update them, bring them up, bring them forward. And so I've been drawing them in my style and introducing them to my own headcanon and saying all these characters exist together. So that way I have a, another medium for them to be remembered by, right? And mm -hmm. so in middle school, what I had to wrestle with was what you're doing now may seem like a waste of time. It will only be a waste of time if you quit, if you give up, because otherwise it's a foundation point. So for that Cartoon Network show, I was like, I can't animate. I don't have the money to hire a studio to make it. But what I can do is open up a sketchbook and sketch out as many ideas as I can. So that way, if and when I ever do have the opportunity to present an idea, I have all that stuff with me because I'm not betraying the work that my past self did. I didn't throw it in the fire. I didn't throw it in the trash. I'm doing my past self proud by keeping all that garbage for the mounds and mounds of paper I have in my room. So I would just, if I was to say one thing is, is waste nothing. Nothing is wasted. Just bring it all with you. If you have to change the format from paper to scans, from paper to a Word document, doesn't matter. Bring it with you. I had a little shoebox that I just duct taped all over it. And I would just throw any random idea, any random sketch, anything. I would just throw it in there and say, if I ever need something to draw, if I'm out of ideas, I'm going to go back to that box might be uh, tomorrow, it might be two years from now, but I'm saving all that crap. I'm not getting rid of it because eventually I will use it. a hoarder in the making, everyone. A hoarder in the <laughs> making. Just, just, a, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but real quick, I just want to know, have you ever thought about getting to like um, clay sculpting with your action figures, taking clay and uh, like putting it over the action figure and sculpting it to a character that you want and then being able to paint that character as your Character. That's a pretty cool idea, but whenever I think of claymation, all I can think of is the beady-eyed penguin from Wallace and Gromit, and I don't want to think about that because that man <laughs> is nightmares. Have you nightmare, seen? Nightmare, nightmare. You, you both have seen Wallace and Gromit, right? 
Yes, I, I oh, know what yes. you're talking yes, about, yes, but yes, the yes, penguin yes. is is a long time ago. The episode is the wrong trousers, and there's a penguin. He doesn't say a word, but every once in a while he'll just flash a pistol. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it is. He basically he basically steals Gromit's life and his relationship with Wallace gets kicked out of the house. Because the penguin wants this pair of mechanical trousers that Wallace invented to take Gromit on walks so he can do a bank heist using Wallace as basically a puppet to steal it for him. So if anything goes wrong, they'll catch Wallace and he'll be scot-free. But oh my he's God. so menacing. He doesn't have a mouth. It's just a beak. And he'll just sit there and like stare at Gromit <laughs> like early on in the episode. And it's so freaking unsettling. Anyways... That's what I think of when I think of claymation. Dave, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I was trying to come up with a good way to to to, to say it. At least one that'd be interesting. Uh, okay, then don't, word don't it in be... a way that you would give it to me. Like, can word you work in a Wallace way... and Gromit into it somehow? That's <laughs> I... my question. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta hit claymation in there as well. So, um, good luck. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely trying to see if like, it's possible. Uh, don't be afraid <laughs> to take inspiration from Wallace, <laughs> but also don't be afraid to take inspiration from the penguin. <laughs> mm. Okay, okay. Let, that, let's let's get that in better words. So this is like is, what you just said. Wallace. <laughs> this is like the weirdest TED talk I've ever heard, but go on. I'm, I'm interested. In, 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 in layman's terms, Definitely, like, take inspiration from, from friends. It's always great to be a part of a community of, of people that are, of creatives that are looking to do similar things to you in different areas that have, that come from different backgrounds. It's always great. But I have also found that, maybe it's just me and I'm just a competitive bitch, but I love to take inspiration from the people that are, that I would consider my enemies. The, the people that that have been doing so well. It's like, don't, don't necessarily just say that like they're doing so better. They must be cheating. You know, mm. the guys yeah. in Valorant that have been getting a headshot every other round are no, necessarily cheating. They're cheating. Nope. Nope. They're just cheating. They're not the bad guys. <laughs> it's, it's just an opportunity to learn. It is mm -hmm. always a way to take from these, these other people that have been spending so much time to go. Okay. So, what exactly have they been doing to succeed? What have they been doing that doesn't help them succeed? And being able mm. to take all those lessons and put them in, into effect in your own way uh, of 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 making, it will help to influence your style. It will help you to go, there, there are mistakes that other people have made that you no longer have to make yourself. Yeah. That's really good. There, that, yeah. um, that whole mindset, because like what you're describing, right, is that losing mindset of, of you know, if someone's doing better than me, they have some sort of unfair advantage, right? They got where they are unfairly. And for some people, that may be the case. Maybe once Maybe. in a while, that might be true. But like, so as an example, um, you know, in, in high school, I had a gym class and, you know, I, my buddies and I, we'd be split on separate teams. And after every single freaking game, every week, we'd storm out of that gym. 50% of us are like 
trying not to brag, and the other 50% are like, grumble, grumble, (laughs) teams were unfair, right? And it was like, it was uncomfortable, right? Because then we all go outside to the front porch and we're just chilling, and half of us are angry, and the other half are trying to, like, trying to stay humble, humble brag. Right. Just not yeah. say anything, right? They can't. They can't enjoy the win, and the other side won't allow that to happen because they're too busy complaining. And it wasn't until there was a day when I just realized I was like, "This is no longer fun," right? It's like, what are we doing yeah. here? We're not professionals. We're not getting paid for this. None of you will remember this game by the end of today. Like, this is the top of the day. This is the vibe we're starting out with. This is this is the flavor we're bringing today. And so I made a pact with them. I said, here's what I'd suggest. Here's what I recommended to the group. I said, when that game is over and the minute we walk outside the gym, game never happened. There was no game. We're not going to talk about the game because it never led to anything productive. It didn't lead to anything positive, right? It's like, what is it you're trying to, to accomplish? And so I would say that's somewhat connected to your idea, right? Of when you look at people who are successful, Your options are to look at what they're doing and say that they have an unfair advantage. That's the only way they've got there. So you're preventing yourself from learning from them because you're basically saying, I have nothing to learn from someone who did it wrong, right? I don't want to learn from them. They're a horrible person. (laughs) Or you say, you know, this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, that looking at someone who's really good and is just lacing it and saying, I will never be that good. Ergo, there's no point in me trying. Or... You can accept the fun of sucking in gym class at whatever game you're playing. I had to play basketball some weeks, okay? <laughs> Everybody has a turn to feel inadequate, all right? I'd be lo- hey. I'd be lobbing that thing like a freaking Neanderthal, banging it off the backboard, right? It do- doesn't matter because eventually it was like it was like I had unlocked a new ability. It was like I have learned how to have fun while I'm losing at the game. I can be bantering with the opposite team. And, you know, making fun of the fact that I just tripped over myself or ripped my jeans. Like, I can do that. I just unlocked this crazy new ability. And what I would equate that to in the creative sphere is if you can have fun creating what you love regardless of the outcome, that's the sort of art you should be pursuing. Because if your love of something is only dependent upon how successful it's going to be, and that's the only way you're going to get any sort of return. That is, that's an uneven relationship with that art form or that medium. That's not fair because it's not feeding you. It's not giving you anything, right? And I would say something that Ellis was talking about earlier, this almost unspoken pressure of having to master like a zillion different forms of art. Like I need to learn how to edit videos. I need to learn how to make thumbnails. I need to learn how to be a good conversationalist. I need to learn how to voice like... You can spread yourself so thin, right? And be potentially discouraged in so many different areas because people are able to create on so many different platforms nowadays. There's sort of this weird unspoken thing where it's like if I'm not doing if I'm not doing TikTok, then I'm not really creating stuff. If I'm not on Instagram, if I'm not and those platforms are useful, they're absolutely useful. But if the reason why you're doing it isn't because you're passionate about it, Like, I can't make someone be passionate about a a certain form of art or a certain medium. It's not going to happen. It has to come from within you, right? And if you're not passionate about it, don't do it. You're not going to enjoy it, right? It's like 
there are plenty of foods all across the world. They're acquired tastes. I'm not going to force somebody to eat a food that I love if I know that they are not going to like it. They're not going to like the flavor. They're not going to enjoy it. I can sit there and gush about the chef and how, what a great job they did, but they're not going to be able to get that because they don't enjoy that dish, that food, that flavor. They're not going to like it. So it's like yeah. that we this sort of creative society that is the modern day can without sort of trying can make people feel bad for not being good at everything. And that's so it's so unrealistic. It's unfair. And that's a very it's it's so that's very accurate today's standards like especially like in high school um obviously my senior year you guys would have been going into sophomore year of college essentially right give or take something like that um but there was like if you aren't up to date on today's music or fashion mm. or xyz with social media you weren't cool you weren't right. hip you weren't in and i just i did not care i was like <laughs> that doesn't affect me <laughs> whatever and that's and that's part of the reason why i actually stopped playing soccer was because of that i was tired of the outside drama that was being brought into the team mm. and then on top of it it was just like oh if you can't keep up with everyone's skill you're not as good you're never going to make it and that's one of the reasons why i didn't go play soccer in college um and why i kind of pursued parkour because i was like hey this is a lot this is this is fun this is great i don't have to worry about being bad because everyone everyone starts off being bad here and i just had also had a natural gift so it was like one of those oh this is cool i'm good at this um but yeah don't mind dave like, and i over here shaking our heads at someone who was like soccer's too easy i'm gonna go jump <laughs> off a building and roll <laughs> and land it like a freaking marvel hero how many times oh. tell me how many times did you land on your legs with one arm down in front and one arm back behind you huh how many times <laughs> how many tell how me how many he walked huh? away <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that's, see, no, that's exactly what i'm talking about parkour i don't have the bravery for that that's an art form i don't have the passion to do that and like but when i watch someone who does it well mesmerizing so cool oh i'm at that point now too like i i as dave knows i kind of stopped uh doing it just because of the amount of drama that was coming in also COVID hit so i wasn't going to the gym where there was people it's a valid um, excuse. Hey, you know, disrespecting my parents' wishes, and I'm glad I did. Um, but there, I've gone back, and there has been, I know it's a little off, off topic, but here we go. The The vibe wasn't the same. Um, when I first started doing parkour, it was smaller, obviously. This is like 2017. It was a lot smaller. It was only known within the groups, really. You had to be watching specific shows. Like American Ninja Warrior kind of got me into it. And obviously Assassin's Creed got me into parkour mostly. I mean, that the gentleman I was watching a it was a sponsored video by Devin or uh, by Ubisoft that Devin Supertramp made. And it was mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. The guy in the video playing the assassin was Chris Romrell. And I was like, man, if I could do some of those tricks, that would be sick. Um, three years later, I ended up meeting the guy and still talk to Whoa. him on a probably yearly basis. We talk once or twice a year. That's awesome. And um, he's a really cool guy. Um, but I remember the the minute I saw him, I was working at the gym. And it was like 
oh my god i can't believe i stopped doing soccer while i was i was you know watching these videos while i was playing soccer at the time i was like i can't believe i stopped playing soccer to follow my passion at the time and ended up meeting some of the best people i have ever met in my life Mm -hmm. and i think it's interesting that dave and i have found this area where both of our content and ideas kind of collide and can be able to make stuff and going back to the whole being able to stay on a topic that really makes you want to do it for me I love doing parkour. I loved it so much. And then I started working at the gym. And then it kind of became this, I have to do it for Mm. a job. It's not because I enjoy it anymore. And then the same thing kind of happened with streaming. I just enjoyed streaming. Streaming got me out of some bad mental places. And I was like, man, I could do that too because I just enjoy playing games. These guys are just being themselves. I can do that. I'm somewhat interesting. Sure, why not? And it kind of... I started streaming and I started, oh, I can start making money off of it. And then I went, how can I expand my my viewership? How can I be better? How can I, what things are going to make my stream better? And it just brought me to this con- circle and it's, it ha- it's happening over and over and over again. And it's same things like almost with photography, almost mm-hmm. in some ways, um, just because I'm finding one excuses, but two, it's, it's 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 like oh man once i get going with this this is going to be my career is this something that i really want to do but each time i go back to it it's like this is cool this is something that i actually enjoy doing and if i can just have fun with it and enjoy it again and i think hearing what you and dave said um with just finding your passion and being able to learn and be okay with the mistakes that come with it because it's not about the journey that the person you watched had this is Mm. about the journey that what you make it to be it's everything in life is a perspective of how you see it and i think like what we were saying either before the podcast but like or maybe i was talking with someone else but everyone is like a main character in their content creation right everyone that's they're posting them because that is who they are and i think sometimes we as people forget that role that we are each unique as an individual and have our own separate ways of getting through things and it's finding that passion that can allow you to expand on the ideas and the skills and knowledge that you have of that area to really make that living i think a lot of people lose sight me included um just lose sight of that passion because they start overthinking oh how can i do it but like you were saying if you can just focus on that one thing and just enjoy it and then once you get to a point where you're satisfied with your work with that point you can go okay what's another skill that i like and enjoy and then keep slowly expanding because that's what it sounds like you've been doing over the past couple years um and even as the past three years that i've known dave i've seen him take steps in learning to do stuff and then fully going on to be a voice actor like that shit is so cool i could never (laughs) be a voice actor i it man if you go back and watch my vlogs on youtube i hated my voice i remember after recording those having to go back and edit them i cringed so hard at listening to my own voice because i was just not comfortable with it 
but I knew at some point I would have to get used to listening to it because as a content creator in the area of streaming and podcasting, you're listening to your voice back over multiple times. Oh, and for me, I think, I think Dave, I mean, when was the turning point for you that you really got comfortable for your voice acting? Because I presume that was big for you being able to go, I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable with making different, you know, sounds, voices, etc. So so (laughs) when it it comes to be able to listen to my voice, I mean, even nowadays, I I still listen to my voice and go... But I, I've I've gotten I, I've accepted it. I've learned that you know this that I I've I've tried to like separate myself from the voice almost and go like this is someone else. This is this is the voice actor Dave. This is the podcaster Dave. This is someone else. This isn't my voice. So I I I can disconnect from it a little bit. But I it, it's definitely taken a long time for me to actually go. Yeah. That that is that is me, and wh- wh- whether I I sound cringe or not, I am trying to make a point, and hopefully, the 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 kind of lack of confidence, the any anything that might ruin the message, I'm I'm hoping that I've removed all of that, so that when someone listens, whether they like my voice or not they appreciate and can understand what I'm trying to say. Hmm. I like that. I think that was a big voice for me because I've always been not great at expressing my thoughts into sentences that make sense for other people. (laughs) And uh, finding a voice because my voice has always been high and I even lower it for the podcast um, as Dave can probably know from playing (laughs) games with me. But it's it's an insecurity that I've kind of learned to get past by making it lower, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm perfectly okay with saying that, yes, I know I naturally have a higher voice, and you can hear it in my streams too when I'm just casually talking with people. But when it comes down to talks like this, my voice naturally, like instinctively now, just gets lower because I know I'm having a conversation and I can think about it. But it's come to a point with content creation. I, you're right. I do hate that word now, Max. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I didn't well done. Well done. Um, but when it comes it. to it, I've, I've learned to accept that I just have a higher pitch voice in some situations and I mentally switch it to a deeper voice to be, to be able to feel comfortable expressing what I'm talking about in a way that I feel like is acceptable for myself and acceptable for other people to view me as mm-hmm. an intellectual, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, Ellis listened to all of my podcast episodes. It was like, when were these recorded? They were like, your voice sounds so different on these podcast recordings. It's so high. And I was like, no, nah, no. Like, my voice modulates anywhere between, like, if I'm recording later at night or early in the morning, is way down here. But if I get going on a topic I'm passionate about, my voice gets way higher and it's much more high pitched. It's more excitable. So it's like, as long as I'm being myself in that moment, I don't care what it ends up sounding like. What you see is what you get. What you hear is what you get. Exactly. (laughs) It is. I like it. I like it. Awesome. (laughs) That that is that is absolutely absolutely true. My my first thought is you know, you know, whenever I'm just screwing around, having a good time, making making jokes or 
you know, doing whether when I'm on stream, like it's it's definitely. I mean, it it definitely gets higher. But then you know, if someone's like, "Oh man," I was like, I I totally connect with you on this. I'll 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 switch over and go. You know, these are these are topics that are that are serious to us. Mm -hmm. You know, we really appreciate it. And and you know, just get into that. (laughs) I don't want to say the 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 fatherly tone. It's it's, it's it's, very serious. Very. It's I understand. social awareness, right? If you yeah, were yes. if you were in an actual live setting and you were, you know, yakking it up, telling jokes with your buds, and then someone comes over and has something serious to say, you alter your tone, the way that you come across to meet them in that social situation to find something that's appropriate. I mean, in the most basic sense, like you're trying you're reading the room, right? Yes, no exactly. Exactly. And I think I just want to point out this is this is something that I pointed out to Dave when we were first starting this podcast that I wanted this to be a very natural podcast. I didn't want to have this is a topic we're going to stick on that topic and as as we've done the podcast and went from season 1 which was like 5 episodes long, we revamped it and just said screw it. We're not really sticking to just one topic and doing all this research because that's not how conversations go. It's mm. it's just not and it allowed us to be more, I would say, ourselves in a way. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it it felt like we we're being held back in what we could say and do because we were like, okay, we got to stay serious and on topic. But I all the podcasts that I recommended to Dave that were like, hey, I kind of want our podcast to have this feel. All of them were just this natural, free flowing conversation as podcast where you had the serious times and then you had the happy times where it was just like hey it doesn't really matter what we sound like because we're enjoying ourselves on mm-hmm. a podcast um and i think that's what makes these podcasts now so relatable and so i guess enjoyable to people to consume as content um because it feels like you're in the room with them in a mm. sense or it feels like you're a part of the conversation because you're also able to hear the change in tone, the change in how high or deep your voice is, depending on what they're talking about. And you can get to know people better that way by listening to the voice when they're talking about something that they enjoy and love and find as a passion. You get that sense of, oh, they actually really do enjoy this or, oh, they're actually interested in this topic that's being talked about. Yeah, and I think that speaks to a very specific hunger that I see with not only our generation, like our age group, but even the age groups that are coming up behind us is that they have been so inundated with that sort of fake persona of being over the top and everything's extreme and epic and like trying to maintain that level of energy and then like coming to the realization that that's not how these people are at all in real life. Like they're playing a character, they're playing a part and it's exhausting. Like that would be exhausting. Uh, I think I I talked with Ellis about this like last week at some point during a call. Like I've seen so many other like YouTubers over the years, even if they're not YouTubers that I've actually like subscribed to or watch all their content. I There's a very obvious change that has taken place over the last decade of how yeah. they carry themselves to their audience. Because, you know, maybe at one point in time they were following a certain trend where, oh, you need to be, crazy and and quirky and loud and scream a lot and the like whole prank era right it's like that was a trend so i'm not dogging on them for it if that's what they're doing to just you know follow that trend but then over time you you watch the progression into at some point 
there's like a breaking point where they're like, I can't, it's not sustainable. It's not yeah. sustainable. And I think it's because it's not how people work. Right. And I think it's a really positive thing that I'm seeing is this sort of pushing back against that fakeness of, I don't want to say it's like a rebirth of like the whole hipster thing, but it kind of is like a weird, like, I want to go find the real ones. I'm not interested in the fakes. I want to go find people who are just themselves because I like, yeah. I think you said the word, you know, relatable. It is relatable because th- what's a person going to be more likely to identify with someone who's making like an over the top video in their $7 trillion mansion, this completely unrealistic lifestyle for the average person, you know, the here in my garage guy, you know, that guy, like, yeah, no one likes that. It's not, it doesn't make, it doesn't endear people to you. Right. And there's nothing wrong with being successful, but when you make yourself into just a fake persona, it, I think naturally people, it makes people feel bad when they watch your stuff. Like, I don't think it resonates with people the same way as the sort of videos where you're talking about or the podcasts where you're talking about, where these are people who are being sincere. You know, they might be misguided. They might say something that's factually incorrect, but at least it's coming from a place of realness. And like maybe someone else in the podcast calls them on it in real time instead of making it this whole sanitized fake completely unhuman experience it's like i think people are hungry more than ever for that sort of creative work that sort of art where people can come together and just be themselves and with that said all righty guys thank you for listening to the liars and thieves podcast uh (laughs) (laughs) just gonna call it right there Is there is there anything else you would like to say sir before just oh, no. saying blah 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 and and stealing my bit. Hey, you know I <laughs> the thought outro it would be is his bit. Just outro. <laughs> the outro all... is his bit. That is my uh... bit. <laughs> you know the fan favorite bit, the outro, where I say goodbye and shut the episode down. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> it's my way of telling everyone to get the fuck out. <laughs> Taverns closing. Get out. <laughs> Taverns. <laughs> No, but uh, I guess real quick, thank you for uh, joining us. Yes, uh, I guess we were you. the ones on late notice. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but, uh, this was a blast. Thanks for having this, me on. This was I genuinely, I really, really like this episode. I I'm excited to to have everyone else be able to listen to it. And I'm I'm so I here's think a we're theory. gonna have you on. So here here's a more. theory. Or right, here's here's a little thought, real quick. Um, for the liars and thieves, uh, fireside chat. I know Dave and I were talking about this a little while ago, Dave. I don't know if you're getting on what I'm kind of hinting at here. Potentially. We potentially wanted to have a third. Ah, he's... What? (laughs) What happened? He just disconnected. He just disconnected. We'll never know what he was about to say. This is all on you. I am blaming this all on you. About to drop a massive thing and then gone. This is real, people. This just happened. Finger slipped, huh? Let me guess. Finger slipped, huh? No. Internet. (laughs) That was amazing. Um, (laughs) So, welcome back. (laughs) 
a third we think Griffin, we wanted... a third Broom. It could be anything. <laughs> Realistically. So, a while back, we were talking about bringing on a third host. I think for the fireside chat, because of the way that conversation has kind of worked, and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this session, this podcast that we've done tonight, um, with just how free free flowing the information coming and going was the the sharing of information and knowledge that we all have kind of come across. Um, if you would be interested. I personally, I don't know about Dave speaking for myself, not not both not both sides of the podcast, just my side. Um, to Dave bring you on occasionally on the. <laughs> do, I, do I need to disconnect you now? <laughs> um, no, but I think it would be interesting to have you on maybe occasionally for the uh, fireside. I'd love to. That'd be fun. That Dave? is. I'll I'll be honest. I I kind of figured that was where you were going, and I I wanted to give him a a better you know give not exactly on the podcast, but you know what? If he's well, you down can clip to come this part on, out. There we go. You can clip this part out. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm doing my outro right now. They, they, they'll never know. But yeah, if if you would be interested in coming on more often, the the the, the chemistry that happened here, at least in this one episode, I mean. I, I would I would love to have you on more. Well, I, I want to encourage I want to encourage both of you because over the course of this podcast, you know, before we hit the record button, you know, there's sort of tre- there's a little trepidation as to like, gosh, we don't have like a freaking topic. Like, what are we going to do? And I just want to encourage both of you that you both carried it perfectly fine without a topic. Like, I want you to know y'all can do it. Who needs them? Y'all y'all can do it without a topic. You guys can do it with a topic. You guys can do it without a topic. Either way, stellar listening. I'm sure. Like, it's going to be great. Well, I we appreciate that. I think yeah. I can speak for both of us on that. Um, just because I I have felt the pressure lately, and I think Dave has too. Of just like, oh my God, we've we've got work schedules changing, we've got busy schedules coming in, late hours, extra hours, life hitting us. How are we going to be coming up with topics? And I think this was a great just. The, hey, I I love. We need to do this. Let's <laughs> let's just do it like we don't have to be 100% prepared about everything before going into it mm-hmm. um and i think that's another reason why i wanted to start the podcast with dave because we just didn't care and then we kind of got serious <laughs> about it and then we had to go what a oh, fun shit. subtitle for your show <laughs> we didn't care we didn't care then we got serious and we're like no let's stop being serious pretty much um but yeah uh, if you'd be interested, you know, we, we appreciate that. And uh, I guess uh, for the listeners, you'll have to figure out the next fireside chat. Oh, okay. yes. Well, <gasps> oh, cliffhanger. Well, well, thank you, Max, for coming on. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy the podcast. If you made it this far, maybe you'd be willing to go a little further and support the Liars and Thieves socials at Liars and Thieves on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. If you want to start a conversation with any of us, you'll be able to find me at DaveTheBard underscore on Twitter, and you'd be able to find Ellis over at underscore Tag Productions underscore on Instagram. And Sir Maxwell actually has his own podcast which he alluded to earlier uh uh and if you want to talk about your podcast give yourself a sh- quick shout out yeah any okay. socials either 
All right. Well, if you if you're looking for for art stuff that I do, I'm on Instagram as Max underscore K underscore draws. That's my art account. Uh, and then on uh, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. My podcast is called the Morphing Tower Podcast. Um, and uh, let's see on YouTube. Ten out of ten. Well, thanks. Highly recommended. On YouTube, if you're looking for my music, my art videos, or vlogs, that's just my name. It's Max Shivington, M-A-X-C-H-I-V-I-N-G-T-O-N. And then if you want to look at the stupid, scuffed gameplay that I do of video games, where you can watch, right now I'm playing through Bioshock, uh, and I'm just getting no-scoped by the big daddies. You can find me at The Star Munchers, all one word, on YouTube. I, I'll have to tell you guys after the podcast. I'm it's the angriest I've ever been playing any game ever. It's I'm getting real spicy about it. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Excellent. And all those will be linked down below. Uh thank you guys so much for listening. Our next episode uh is likely going to be coming out on May 5th. If it doesn't, uh make sure to keep an eye out on our socials. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody! Bye-bye. Bye.